Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Ian Boyd, X's and O's expert of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Ian and I thought we'd do something a little different this Sunday. Uh, we're going to profile two recruits that Ian took a deeper and closer look at and their strengths and weaknesses as prospects. Uh, yes, prospects actually have weaknesses, even though they have five stars next to their name sometimes. Uh, and it's, but at that point, it's not necessarily a weakness as much as something they have to grow and work on uh, long term. Uh, luckily, uh, we've got Ian in here to talk about it. We're going to start with a couple different guys, uh, basically from two different ends of the ranking spectrum. First is Steve Sarkeesian's pick as quarterback in this recruiting class, Trey Owens. Owens out of Cy Fair, uh, committed to Texas, uh, I guess back in the sp early spring, early winter, uh, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, chose Texas over Baylor and a couple others, was not heavily recruited by comparison to a lot of other players that Texas is being, uh, as, that Texas is offered at other uh, positions, and certainly not as heavily recruited as Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, even Malik Murphy, his predecessors uh, at the position. However, uh, we think that the reason why uh, Steve Sarkeesian picked uh, Owens is pretty evident. Uh, I'm bringing in Ian Boyd now to talk about that. Ian, Give us uh, your breakdown and what you saw of Trey Owens, and uh, we'll roll some film here next to it. Yeah, it's interesting that he didn't have, I mean, perhaps his uh, list of schools after him would have been a little bigger if he hadn't zeroed in on Texas early, uh, kind of like Sam Ellinger, you know, back when he was you know, committed almost as a sophomore. But he's, a, he's very much the prototypical Steve Sarkeesian guy. Um, you can see, yeah, tall, pocket passer, Moves well in the pocket. Had a few decent scrambles, honestly, but he's not, you know, he's not going to run the zone read. He's not an option guy. He's not going to bail you out a third and long with his legs. Um, that's just not a priority for Sarkeesian. I know uh, KJ Lacey maybe could do that, but that's not really what, that's not really this guy's game. Don't you like a couple of his passes outside the hashes here? That That's one of the that's, things that I thought you, you remarked, and I thought that, that was a, you know, a, a smart pickup by you when you talked about it. That's the thing. That's the thing. He's good at standing tall in the pocket, moving in the pocket, but then expanding the field with those outside the hash mark throws. He can throw the field, come back, you know, all the, all the throws that guys mentioned when they're talking about NFL prospects. He can hit guys um, to the far end of the field. On, and then he just, just the ideal play action passer, basically. You're not worried about whether he can see it down the field. You're not worried about whether he can reach throws down the field. He, he really has some nice upside. I like that last throw we just saw where he just kind of threaded the needle on that dig. Um, maybe a little bit risky. Maybe you don't want to try that in, in college. But um, the capacity for those accurate throws is a really big deal. Um, he actually, I think my favorite comp for him is Sam Bradford. He was similar three-star not super mobile, largely overlooked, went to um, Oklahoma. They had a great context around him. They could run the ball. They had Jermaine Gresham. And he was just really, really accurate at throwing the shots they, they would set up for him. And that is all that's, – that's the whole thing. That's what you want. I mean, that's why C.J. Stroud was a big deal at Ohio State last year. You know, he's just dropping back, and then he's just able to accurately hit the throws they had set up for him. And that ends up – being worth a lot, especially when the throws that you set up are, are far down the field and, and then outside those hash marks. 
it's so interesting. Um, it's interesting. Here, here is his stats, Ian. Yeah. He was basically 66% a year ago, 67%. 201 out of 304 passes. Uh, that's 66, 67%. 3,057 yards. Here's the stat that I like. 34 TDs to just six INTs. Um, so even though you, you mentioned he's trying to thread some, some needles in here, he's not turning the ball over a bunch either. Yeah, yeah. His, that one right there that we just saw, that comeback, his anticipation and timing on those is really good. Um, their offense is also more on the pro-style spectrum for a high school team. A lot of big formations, tight ends, even fullbacks. He's getting under center at times. They're running the ball a lot. Um, they say Bobcat fight never dies. I don't know if you've heard that. Yes. Cypher. I knew some Cypher. Uh, I had some Cypher friends at Texas in college, and they were always going on about that. But uh, uh, Let me ask you this. You mentioned functional athleticism. There he was moving up in the pocket, right, and just buying yourself a little bit more time. That's, that's a lot of what Texas wants Quinn Ewers to do a little bit more of this year, right? I mean, I think that's what Sark has said explicitly and what he looks for quarterbacks. He's like, we want them to be able to protect themselves and get around, but we don't want to not so that we can run them. Um, like he, you know, he had Casey Thompson. He ran Casey Thompson some because you're missing out if you don't. Same for Hudson Card. But his his prototypical quarterback is not that. His prototypical quarterback is make sure you can position yourself to get the throw off down the field. Um, run two places over to the left so you can throw. Don't run so you can take off and, and get hit, tackled. Um, and uh, I, I think he's probably a little bit underrated for his ability to do that. He's already – he's already that's kind of his MO already, which is, which is positive. Um, he's not, he's not going to have to adjust to developing his athleticism for – pocket movement. He's already clearly on that trajectory with how he's developing his, his own skill set. Well, here's a question for you, Ian. Um, and, and I think a, a decent one. Do you, obviously, if you're comparing him to Sam Bradford, you like the take, right? I mean, you think this is a good take for, for, for uh, Texas at quarterback? Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if we're going to see him play as early as Oklahoma got Sam Bradford on the field. Probably Oklahoma didn't think Sam Bradford would play as early as he did. He those times with that Bomar stuff. But um, he's he's the ideal. You can see Sark has been consistently doing this. He takes Quinn Ewers as a transfer, but then the next guy the year below him is Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy projects to be the kind of guy that waits around, learns the system, develops his craft. And then potentially he's, you know, Mac Jones is a third, fourth, or fifth year player, or he's Cody Kessler or whatever. Um, then you got Arch Manning. Maybe he plays early. Maybe he plays a short career. But then the year after him, you have Trey Owens who can sit not as, you know, he's not like a five-star that's necessarily going to be looking to bail or transfer quickly. They probably have had conversations with Trey Owens where he knows one of the most likely ways this goes at Texas as I go, I develop, I learn, I learn the system. Third year, fourth year, I'm Mac Jones, you know? And you only need a few of those Mac Jones to actually become Mac Jones, right? Generally, your blue chip recruiting is going to carry you from year to year, but you really need that guy around as a, as a fail safe. And then there's always the chance that they end up being better than the blue chip. 
67 66% passer. I mentioned the 34 TD, 6 INT uh, stat. Also, and you know this, Ian, that's a good district, a talented district. He was yeah. district offensive MVP as a junior. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, Trey Owens has got – he may only be a three-star by some, but I think uh, Steve Sarkeesian, to your point, uh, got the quarterback that he wanted in this class uh, and uh, is, is moving forward now. And, he right. also, and real quick on him, they played um, – Cinco Ranch in the second round. They get like they draw like the Katy schools quick in the playoffs. So I mean he's played some really good teams. And if 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 you're wondering why, you know, well, why didn't his team go deeper in the playoffs? Well, they were playing like the, you know, the premier state programs like out the gate. So yep. All right. Uh we're gonna move on from Trey Owens. That's a profile from Trey Owens. Uh good luck to the young man out of uh Cy Fair. Now we're gonna move on to one of the state's top prospects, if not the top prospect. Duncanville's edge prospect, Colin Simmons. Uh, Simmons is, uh, unlike Owens, he is not committed yet. Uh, he is looking at Texas along with a host of other nationally rated programs like LSU, Alabama, Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and part of that is because he is so good. Uh, he really is a talented, talented player. 22 and a half sacks last year, 33 tackles for loss for state championship Duncanville. That's a career for most people, if you include eighth grade or seventh grade all the way to high school, right? 33 tackles for loss uh, in a single year. Uh, you you took some time, Ian, and sat down and watched Colin on film. What were some of your immediate thoughts of him? You know, talk about playing good teams. Duncanville played, they played, uh, they played two eventual state champions, South Oak Cliff and DeSoto. And then to win their championship, they had to take it from North Shore. So he played, he played really good teams. And so I watched some full games and um, I think. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. What really stood out was just the overwhelming raw athleticism. Like, I think he's really, really far from being a finished product as a pass rusher, which is normal. It's not a concern. You could, you could list it as a weakness, but it's, it's not like a knock, if that makes sense. Um, and golly, yeah, that was that one right there. He just gets around the edge so fast. I mean, it, it's very simple. He he uh, he turns the corner. He can bend and dip, you know, and move at speed while doing that in in ways that just other guys can't. There's only there's only a handful of people that can that can move like he can in a given year in recruiting. Like maybe 
what do you think, one or two edge rushers of that caliber in a given year, sometimes zero, right? Um, when we've tried to come up with comps going strictly off of Longhorn players that we've all seen play, it's really difficult. You have to go back to like Jackson Jeffcoat to really get somebody, I think, of, of this caliber. And even Jeffcoat probably wasn't quite this natural. He he was very athletic, but he was also like the son of a cowboy defensive end. So he was a little more refined. He was um, never this quick. He was ever. never this quick. It's yeah. it's you got to go like Brian Arakpo, Von Miller guys to get someone that's that's yeah this quick. Yep, I, I agree. the The question I have is, what position do you think he played? Do you think he stays on the edge? Do you think he's a guy that can also uh, drop into coverage? I mean, clearly he's got immense value as a pass rusher. Yeah, what did Will Muschamp say? Thoroughbreds don't go backwards. <laughs> um, I mean, he'll probably play Buck. I almost definitely play Buck, the weak side edge position. They will probably teach him how to drop into the boundary flat, and they'll do that from time to time. Like even Alabama dropped Dallas Turner and uh, Will Anderson. And he will he should want to do that because NFL teams are going to want to be able to drop him from time to time. But really, I mean, just let him be on the edge and just wreck things. Just let him run wild off the edge as often as possible. Um, if you want to win, you know, it's it's nice if he develops a wider skill set, but he's so good at this that you kind of just want him to be doing that as often as possible or um, mixing it up by, you know, taking inside stunts where he can kind of crouch, wait and see which gap opens up inside and then shoot through that. That's well, a, I, I, that's I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. They they don't take uh, batted down passes as a stat. Like I don't oh have gosh. that in max preps, but – I'm, I think I've seen like seven or eight already added yeah. to the 22 and a half sacks and 33 tackles for loss. A lot. And he there's had another one. Another one yeah. <laughs> he, he had one against um, North Shore early in the game. There was an interception. Um, you know who, he, you know, who he actually reminds me of is uh, watching these, like this, like one after another. It's amazing. He's actually reminding me of a, uh, of a big Tyran Matthew. Remember when they would blitz Tyran Matthew at LSU and he was just like lightning quick off the edge? He's kind of like that, only he's actually built like a defensive end. That's that's how like cat quick he is, and that's how disruptive he is on these plays. So here, here's the thing that I just noticed, and, and I didn't just notice, but one of the things I've mentioned with him in the past, I love how well he dips his shoulder and keeps moving with athletics. Like right yeah. there, that's – I mean, people don't understand. That's not – Unless you've tried to do that personally before, most most humans can't do that, right? Right, Ian? Is that kind of what you're talking about that allows that's, him to keep that unabated path almost to the quarterback? That's Yes, exactly right. That's when people talk about bending around the edge. It's uh, maintaining your speed while looking like you're trying to get through an obstacle course. Um, <laughs> that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. Um, he said, it's, this is like the, one of the easiest vowels we've ever had, right? I think my notebook was like, yeah, just put him on the edge and flip on. And, and it's pretty much, that's all you got to know. So, so do you feel like he's rated a five-star, number one prospect in the state, I believe, top five in the country overall. Do you feel like he's deserving of that based on what you've seen? Yeah, I, I 
my comparison for him is he's more of a one of those guys that like if you don't get him you're not going to get someone like him like the one of those guys that comes around there's only like one or two a year where they are they are that much of a difference maker like a, a Vince Young or a Jordan Shipley or a, I don't know it's hard to even name Kelvin Banks um, it's very interesting to me on a lot of these plays you'll see number 11 uh, for Duncanville in the game that's Alex January playing next to him, often occupying two guys, by the way. And that's just unfair trying to block Colin Simmons with one guy, right? But you block down uh, on the interior to try to, to uh, give give your, your play an even good chance to start. But Simmons just does, is not going to allow that because of his speed to the outside. Yeah, they didn't play next to each other always in their fronts, but when they did, on some of these zone read plates, you can see they would play um, January inside of him as like a three technique. And then uh, that allowed Simmons to contain on the edge. And so the no, there's no quarterback in the world that can take the edge if Simmons is playing contain. So that part of the zone read is dead. You can't do that. You run inside, but then they'd have January sitting there eating a double team. And so – just like, you know, one of the every high school team's favorite plays, just DOA. Yeah. Nothing you can do. And then because of that, Duncanville would play conservative and they would sit on bubble screens. There's a reason that they just had one of the most dominant seasons we've seen. Those two are just an amazing pairing. Maybe maybe we'll see them be a pairing at Texas. I know Texas is on January. We'll see where, we'll see where he ends up. One of the reasons we wanted to profile these two, Ian, was because of the dichotomy between the two. You have a guy that, even though he's this, you know, District 17, 6A MVP in Trey Owens, under-recruited, not necessarily highly regarded by the recruiting world, right? Even though Texas liked him, clearly. And then you have the other guy that Texas also likes, but is also highly recruited. Um, anything that you can draw conclusions from either of these players as it relates to Texas and how they're recruiting and uh, that sort of thing that you would you you find interesting. Well, yeah, I mean that that dichotomy you just mentioned is very stark. Like Trey Owens is, I think, a very good prospect. He's rated pretty well, but he's a specific kind of fit. Your offense needs to be oriented around pocket passing to really get your bang for your buck, and you really want to be a power play action team to get your bang for your buck with him. Because where where he and is, that's what and that's what Texas is to your that's point. That's what Texas right? is. That's where he's special is throwing those balls that are deep and outside. Um, if you need your quarterback to move around and make things happen for you, then he's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be a special for a team that needs that. He's not going to be like Max Duggan, right? Um, whereas Colin Simmons, if your defense can't find use for him, there's, you're, you're wrong. You know, <laughs> universal fit. Um, even Iowa State would probably adjust their scheme if they had Colin Simmons. Their scheme is designed in part because they're like, well, we're probably not going to have Colin. Um, I, I want to say this, though. I want to say this, though, okay? Here's my one takeaway from that. People are going to understand if Trey Owens comes in and sits for a year or two or three, whatever it takes for him to, you know, ascend the ranks at quarterback. But – they're not going to be as patient if Colin Simmons needs to gain 20, 15, 20 pounds and try to uh, get a little bit stronger in the base so he doesn't get taken out 
by co- these big college blockers in the run game, right? The run game is, yeah. Now he is, he's already pretty solid in the run game. Um, his explosiveness translates into power when guys try to block him. Like if he wants to be violent and blow a guy up, he can actually do that. It'll be easier when he's heavier, but he can already do that. He can already set the edge. He'll he'll need to get better as a run defender, awareness and all these things. But he's primarily when he's when he's playing these teams like South Oak Cliff and DeSoto and all these powerhouse South Dallas schools. Um, they're not really testing him as a pass rusher that much. They're mostly you know avoiding that for all they're worth. They want to try to run the ball, so he is at least getting reps. I think how early he plays at Texas is going to depend a little bit on his refinement. I think usually it's very rare for these edge guys to play immediately, but by year two, he's going to be playing. I think, I mean, he's probably going to play some as a freshman, but by year two, you'd be like a guy like this probably is going to be starting, but I think it'll depend a little bit on, you know, Texas has been stacking the classes ahead of him with edge prospects. So as a freshman, if he's competing against a like third year Billy Walton or a fourth year, or I'm getting my timelines mixed up, but like an upperclassman, Ethan Burke or, or Colton Vosick or some guy like that, it might be a little bit tricky for him to be like a year one starter, I think, unless those guys are not painting out like you like. But by year two, he should be impossible to keep off the field is from where he is right now. Got it. All right. Thank you so much, Ian. Uh, we appreciate XSO's expert uh, from Inside Texas. That's Ian Boyd. Uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of On Texas Football. Uh, for more from Ian, make sure you check out InsideTexas.com, your source for Longhorn football and recruiting news. For Ian Boyd, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football.